Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two of my story. No guests on this edition. You've got me telling my story. And so when I left off, um, it's 1996, and Tanya and I had gotten married, and life was going well, but... In December of 1999, Tanya was had turned 30 years old. She didn't have a good 30th birthday. And I said, why, why are you so sad? And she said, because we don't have kids. I'm 30 years old. I don't have kids. And so it wasn't much longer after that that um, in February of 2000, we got pregnant with our son Bryce. We were so excited. Um, I remember going to one of my customers. I sold food at the time. We lived about 50 miles away, a little town called Gallipolis, Ohio. We actually lived in a little town called Vinton. It was about eight miles north of Gallipolis. And so I went into um, Gallipolis is a little fragmented town. It's a little river town um, right across the river from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And it's a little river town, and it's kind of segmented. And there's, you know, there's kind of um, the part of town they call Jackson Pike and the other parts in town. So, you you know, if you were talking about downtown Gallipolis, you'd say in town, or you'd say Jackson Pike. And so one of the little restaurants that I called on, the Shake Shop, they had a location in town. They had a location on Jackson Pike. Every Thursday night, they would do a dinner special. And their signature hamburger was called the stuff shirt. So that night it was stuff shirt night. They sold stuff shirts for 99 cents. They would sell hundreds of these burgers from four to 10. And so I was like, I'm going to go get a couple of stuff shirts. And um, Tanya said, hey, there's a CVS on the way home. Stop there and get a pregnancy test. And I, did, I was like, pregnancy test? It's like, yeah, I'm late. Let's Let's just check it out. So I stop by there, get the food. I'm sitting there eating. I'm in the living room. She's in the bathroom. And she just yells. She goes, Brian, get in here. So I run in there. I'm 28 years old. 
I just dart in there and she, she looks up at me. She goes, I'm pregnant. So that's how we found out. So we went to the hospital. They did a blood test, did a little ultrasound, found out we were having a baby. And it was up and down. Um, we both were overweight at the time. And Tanya actually lost 30 pounds with, with Bryce. She did so good. She mean, she ate great. She would read stuff like, okay, if you eat stuff with folic acid in it, it's good for the baby's brain. So she did that. She just, she just ate really well. She lost 30 pounds with him. And the doctor that we had, Dr. Jamal Haddad, he was incredible. From our first visit with him, he's like, you're going to have this baby. I, I do high-risk pregnancies. You're going to have this baby. And so through trials and tribulations, we did. Bryce came five weeks early. He was four pounds when he was born. We did not expect him when he came on September 13th, 2000. But because every time Tanya had a contraction in labor, his heart rate dropped. And so he was in an oxygen, under an oxygen tent for a day and a half. And we took him home a week later at three pounds, eight ounces. And our bouncing baby boy was, was here. And um, we moved back to Barbersville. And, you know, things were, were just swimming along again. You know, I, I had periods in my life where I was just kind of coasting along. You know, I worked for a company called U.S. Food Service, one salesperson of the year in 2001. And I was just, I was just having a great time. And my old boss, Harry Dennery, from, who owned Dennery Enterprises at the time, called me and said, I, I'm looking for somebody in West Virginia. And I said, well, Harry, I'll come back. And so Harry hired me back. And um, so Harry hires me back. And I'm just, I'm just, again, I'm just swimming along. And in August 18th, 2002, it's about 10 or 10.30 in the morning. And I'm sitting at home. I'm working. My phone rings at home, and it's Julie, my friend Chris's wife, and she said, Chris passed away in the middle of the night last night. You know, and how do you process that? I hadn't seen Chris in a year and a half. We tried to get together on a trip to Louisville that I he was in Lexington, Kentucky at the time, and, oh, I still think about that. And that rocked me. You know, I'd never really, as an adult, had people that were close to me. I mean, I had family members, but it was like, okay, that, that hurt my dad worse than it hurt me. Yeah, I loved my uncles, but this was my best friend. This was my best man. This was a guy I'd known. For almost 15 years, we were close. He's gone. I was godfather to his two girls. And he's gone. It, and it crushed me, man. And so, that started some, some, some time that I needed to grow up. Because in July of 2004, we would lose Tanya's dad to cancer. I was in Boise, Idaho one night. I was at French Fry School. 
Yeah, believe it or not. I went to, to a French fry school. And go to French fry school. I'm in Boise, Idaho. I'm 2,100 miles from home. And um, I call home and Tanya can't talk to me. So I call my sister and I said, what's, what's going on? And my sister said, you don't know? I said, Kelly, I'm in Boise, Idaho. And she goes, your father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer today. That was on a Tuesday and, and by Friday night, early Saturday morning, he was gone. And it, 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 it rocked me because the woman I loved was, was hurting, a hurt that I'd never seen. My three-and-a-half-year-old son lost his pawpaw. I lost my pawpaw when I was 19, not three. And I had to be strong for my wife. I ended up singing at the funeral. I didn't want to do that. But my dad told me, he said, go pray and go do it. And so we cruised along again. And then in June of 2009, our world got rocked. I went to a sales meeting in Gallipolis. It's, it's like these events happen to me in Gallipolis. Go to a sales meeting. I'd be, I, was, I had been promoted to a district manager position with a food service company. And in April, I got demoted, but I was rolling along. I was supporting the new district manager. He and I got along great. I was just trying to be a good teammate. And um, I just had weight loss surgery, so things were moving along. And um, I get fired. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise. But if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.card.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And it was just without warning, without explanation. They were like, well, you violated company policy. What they said I did was they said I discussed pay of other employees. And at the time, being a district sales manager, I could see what everybody was making commission-wise, but so could everybody else. Like if you covered a territory for somebody while they were on vacation, that's what you did. You covered it. All their, all their information got loaded into your laptop. And so you, if, if you knew how to go in and look at the commission generated for each order, you, you could figure out what somebody got paid. 
And as a district manager, I had to discuss commission with, with my people. But what I believed happened was there were two guys that when I came back out on the street, they were afraid they were going to lose their jobs. So the best thing to do was just to, to get rid of me, not have to worry about it. And that's what they did. They lied is what they did. Because when I ended up fighting my unemployment, um, in the state of Ohio, at that time, if you appealed twice, which I did, you went before an arbiter. And all the information has to come out. And so I gave them all the documentation I had. The company that I had just left gave them nothing. And what information they did, they redacted it, which is a no-no. You've got to, you're under oath and, and you have to. And so when it came time for the human resources person to testify and they asked questions under oath, they had to tell the truth. And I won my case. But by that time, I had already been back to work for a company called Sullivan University. And that changed my life. That's where I got my MBA. That's where I recruited kids. I'd go into their homes and recruit them. And I learned how to ask a lot of great questions, connect with, with young people and their parents, and met some people that are still friends to this day. And then in 2011, in December of 2011, I got a phone call from my dad on a Friday morning. And my dad calls me and he said, son, I need to talk to you. It's like, oh boy. Okay. So let me get, let me, let me sit down here. And he goes, son, I need help. I need your help. At that time, my youngest sister had just had her first child and um, was pregnant with another one. And my dad was trying to help her pastor a church, work a territory. My dad just had a lot going on in his life. He said, would you consider coming to work for the company that I work for? My dad at that time had been with them 11 years. Over a little over 11 years. A small family-owned company and in, a, in an industry I didn't know. He said, let me pray about it. Let me think about it. The more I thought about it and I started praying about it, the more excited I got because it was an opportunity to work with my dad. And two months later, we put that, that deal together. And for three months after that, while I was in training, in air quotes, four days a week I was with my dad. And we went everywhere together and we talked and we had conversations. We had lunch together, we had dinner together. And my goodness, it was the greatest 10 months I ever spent in my life until December 6, 2012. I'm in Boone, North Carolina. My dad is in Kent, Ohio. And I talk about this in the in my book, People Buy From People. But I talked to my dad at 4 o'clock the day before. So, okay, I'll see you Friday. 
not realizing that that was going to be the last conversation I'd ever have with my dad. And my sister calls me, and I'm in a hotel room in Boone, North Carolina. I'm in the comfort suites. And she said, all when she said was, Dad's gone. I'm like, what? Dad's gone. What do you do? You see, I thought Chris Chris's death rocked me. Nope. I thought losing Larry, my father-in-law, I thought that would rock me. Nope. This rocked me. Because now it was my dad. Now it was now it was really close to home. And I lost it. I remember looking up at the ceiling like this, if you're watching on YouTube. Looked up the ceiling like this, and I said, but God, we had a plan. I remember vividly the Lord speaking to my heart and said, you can praise me when things are good, but can you praise me when your world's falling apart? And I lifted my hands, and I was like, gut check time. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to do this. I don't want to do this, but I've got to do this. So I made my way back to, you know, eventually it was about 8 o'clock that night. I got to my mom's house and didn't sleep much that night. That weekend was kind of a blur. People were coming in and bringing food. and We went to church. I mean, but I kind of slept walked through that weekend. Because on Monday, I knew what I had to do. And it was it was ironic that the week before, one week before my dad's passing, my dad is at a funeral for my pastor's mother. And I watched my dad hug my pastor's father. They had been friends for 40 years. And I still have that picture in my mind. And so here the next week, the first person I get a hold of is Ron, my pastor's father. And I tell him, and he said, Brian, I'm going to tell you something that's not going to make any sense to you now. It's going to make sense to you later. He said, God never makes a mistake. I know it's rough. He said, here a week, we buried my wife a week ago. I don't understand this. You don't understand this. My friend's gone, who I love, but God never makes a mistake. And so we're at the funeral home on Monday night, and I have to play the piano for my dad's service and sing a couple songs. And a couple of the people, the ironic thing was the girl that I dated um, the first three years of college. She was friends with my sister. We had her come and sing, and she did a beautiful job. And I stood up there in front of about 500 people and delivered my dad's eulogy, preached my dad's funeral, whatever you want to call it. And I talked about my dad teaching me how to love, how to work, and how to serve. And um, it was a moment that is forever etched in my mind. And we go outside, funeral home, and Ron's there, and I hug him. My pastor's there, and I hug them. 
Ron pulls me to the side. He looks at me. He says, son, I'm going to tell you something. If you need a dad, I'll be a dad to you. Powerful words in a moment, but he looked me in the eye and said, if you need a dad, I'll be a dad to you. The amazing part about that is nine months to the day that my dad passed away, Ron married my mom. He literally became my stepdad. It's amazing how life comes full circle. And so again, rolling along, living my life. I stay in that industry for a few more years. I come off the road. I took a job in, in the specialty pharmacy arena so I could be home. My son, by this time, was in high school, makes his high school basketball team. I become the public address announcer for his high school basketball team. And I'm like, I got to be home. I was on the road three nights a week. I got to be home. I cannot miss stuff with my kid. I can't, I can't do it. And um, get the opportunity to work for a great company. And then got recruited into the field that I'm in now. And we come to August 23rd, 2017. And the day or, a day or two before, um, there were some things that had happened. Some people questioned a couple of things that they thought I had done. I hadn't done those things. I even had a meeting with HR, and I'm like, here's the truth. Here's what happened. And I said, I'm, I said, what do I do? And they said, business as usual. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Okay, fine. I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. I didn't know at the time. I later found out. But I didn't know at the time that there were people that were plotting behind my back to get me fired. And they were successful. I went to a meeting on the phone. And after the meeting, I had a meeting with my boss. And they just savagely accused me of something and terminated me. Sitting in a parking lot of a Rite Aid in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and I get terminated. It's easily the most helpless feeling I've ever had. B, 
because I felt like that my character had been assassinated and, and I wasn't given the opportunity to defend myself. You're like, Brian, that's twice that's happened to you. Both times you're in, well, yeah. Because here's the thing. The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. Lies always come to the surface. But so does the truth. And when the truth is told, the truth always stands. It stands the test of time. The truth is still the truth a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now. If it was true then, it's true. If, if it was true when it happened, it was it's still true. And I tried to live my life on being transparent with people and being honest with people. And here I was getting, here my family was suffering by, by a boss that had lied to me four different times to my face, lied to me. And so I was just, I was devastated. I didn't do something that I later regret. The first day after I got let go, I got on the treadmill and I started listening to preaching. It's the only day I did that in six months. I regret not encouraging myself every day. Because here's what happened. Because I didn't do that, I fell into depression. I went through periods of anxiety, fear, doubt. I thought I was never going to work again. I went through all these emotions. Like I said, depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, paranoia. I had trouble sleeping at times. I can remember being in a hotel room. My wife had booked a, a she had gone on a trip with the ladies that she had paid for before then. And I had some points that I put back, so we had a hotel room because we were just down to her salary at the bank she worked at. And um, unemployment. And I told her, I said, I'm depressed. I never said that. I never said those words, I'm depressed. I thought it was never going to work again. And I would send resumes out every day. I was sending resumes or I'd do interviews. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. It was right after the first of the year, I got a phone call from a guy that I worked with at Sullivan, a good friend of mine. He said, you still looking for a job? I said, yeah. He said, I think I can help you. Sometimes when you feel like you're drowning, all you need is for somebody to throw you something to hold on to that might keep you afloat. And Matt Gass did that for me. Drove two hours to a little town above Parkersburg and interviewed for that job. A few days later, or a little, a little while later, it was probably a week or two, I get a message on LinkedIn from somebody, and they said, I'm getting ready to leave a job. It's not for me, but it's for you. 
Little did I know that was the same company that I interviewed with three months before then or four months before then. They didn't hire me then. They hired her. And six months to the day that I got fired, my unemployment was about to run out. It's like, man, what am I going to do? Six months to the day, all that happened. In three hours' time, I had two job offers. Had nothing happened. Nothing had been happening for me. And literally from 12.30 to 4 o'clock, I had two job offers. I look back at my life. I've written some notes down. I look back at my life. And I think to myself, where would I be if I didn't have faith? Where would I be if I didn't believe in optimism, if I didn't practice optimism? Where would I be if, if there were times in my life that I didn't encourage myself? I had no idea what encouragement was then. I do now. You see, I'm no different than any of the guests that I've had on this podcast over the last almost three years, almost 300 episodes. I'm no different than them. I'm no different than you. No different than anybody else. I've been through some stuff in my life. I've been through times of good. I've been through times of bad. I've been through times where I was on top of the mountain. And there have been times I've been under the valley. I'm no different than you. I have just purposed in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit that I'm going to encourage people. That's all I've tried to do in, in almost 300 episodes of the Intentional Encourager podcast was try to tell somebody's story that would connect with you in a way that would give you some hope and give you some encouragement. You know, what, you know what encouragement is? You know what one definition of encouragement is? It's, it's to stimulate belief. All I've ever wanted to do with this podcast is just stimulate belief. All I've wanted to do was just share the power of a story to stimulate some belief on purpose. And I hope we've succeeded. I hope we've made a difference in somebody. I hope hearing my story in some way gives you that belief inside of you that everything's going to be okay. And I'm grateful that you guys have come along with me on this ride. It's been incredible. I don't know when we're going to pick it back up. I don't know if we're going to pick it back up. I don't know if it's going to look the same. 
figuring some things out there. But know this. I will never, ever stop talking about intentional encouragement. I will never, ever stop promoting intentional encouragement with everything in me and doing everything that I can to try to to help people be intentional encouragers. Because you can read all the leadership books you want to read. You can read all the, you you can go to any best-selling author and there are so many leadership experts and things like that till you're blue in the face. You can read from now the rest of your life. But unless you get encouraged, you're never going to do what you what God intended for you to do. Zig Ziglar said it, encouragement is the fuel that powers hope. You can't get any simpler than that. There is nobody on the planet that doesn't need intentional encouragement on a daily basis. Yet we have people that don't even talk about it. Even after this podcast does its last, even after we sign off for the last episode, one thing you can depend on and count on, I'll never stop talking about intentional encouragement. It's that important. And it's my goal that every person on the planet learns how to be an intentional encourager for themselves and for other people. Imagine a world full of intentional encouragement. It's mind-boggling. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this ride with me. Thank you for listening to all the stories. Thank you for showing up with me every week. And most of all, thank you for encouraging me through all this. God bless you. Thank you for watching me. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Encourager Podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.